Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Do you know what the knife game is? I'm looking up. Above me, the bodies hang swaying very slightly, like flags on a windless day. I count 25 people. I don't know why I counted them, but that's what I did. There's men and women, all of them wearing the same suit, the same cheap suit with a red tie. And all of them have briefcases taped to their right hands with a lot of duct tape. They look like a group of mid-level managers on their way to a meeting, now hanging from the trees on the main square instead. But the thing that makes all of this even more, I don't know, scary, are the elephants. About five or ten of them are wearing rubber masks shaped like elephant heads. Pink elephant heads with big ears happy blue eyes and long trunks. The woman that took me here asks if I understand what I'm looking at. I don't understand at all. She asks me why I drove to the severed state, why I wanted to visit, and I tell her I need supplies. I need to get to Naraka City. This is the fastest way, according to my map. You won't be able to pass through here. This is the end of the road. The only thing that goes beyond the severed state is the train. But Paula will stop that from happening very soon. Doesn't everyone traveling west take this road to Naraka? Why would they? People know the severed state is here. They take the other way around the mountains. But getting back to the highway would take me days. And then going all the way around would be... It would add weeks to my journey. I'm sorry to hear that you've made a navigational error, but uh, before we get into any of that, let me tell you the backstory that goes with the tour. The backstory? What you're looking at are former conspirators working with justice transport, and thus beings devoid of conscience or morals, deserving of death in a shameful way. Sadly, our government had no other choice than to reinstate corporal punishment and the death penalty since there was no reasoning possible with the Justice Transport Upper Management, let alone their many lobbyists and spies. I turn to the bodies again and look at the enormous elephant-shaped shadows on the brick buildings surrounding the park. This is a scaffold. 
The executions are a display of power. Something tells me that I'm getting the tour because the mayor wants me to know what she's capable of. The Severed State used to be a town that tried its very best to be a productive part of this county, region, and country. But sadly, corporations rule the world now, not people. And corporations know no other logic than the bottom line. When a corporation has to expand its railway routes, for example, it does this efficiently, not humanly. It does so right next to a town, our town. First, we were terrorized by the construction workers building the railroad day and night, and then by freight trains rushing over that railroad, slowly but steadily cracking our walls and houses, making our animals sick from sleeplessness, and worst of all, poisoning us. Poisoning you? We call it the Day of the Unraveling. A train derailed. No one knows how it happened, probably due to cheap components or efficient quality control. The entire train crashed. I saw the wreckage laying there while I drove into town. Into the state, yes. That's the train. Did you stop the car or open your door? No. Good. That train killed an innocent child. Oh my god. It crashed into a child? Well, indirectly it did. The second the carts crashed and cracked open, whatever was in there spread across town. And a child died in its sleep. The doctor couldn't figure out what happened. It just stopped breathing. Well, SIDS maybe? Or, or an infection? Paula Ackerley, the mother of the child, immediately started investigating. Where others would have been paralyzed by grief, Paula's first and foremost priority was to find and trample the source of her misery, so no one else would have to suffer like she did. And what she discovered was disturbing. Everybody in town was suffering since that train crashed. Depression, restlessness, uh, insomnia, cancer, diabetes, disillusionment, self-esteem problems, obesity, and all kinds of viruses. Our town was in decay. It was coming apart. The people were falling apart, unraveling. Just as Transport had just opened an office in our town, well, Paula went over there fearlessly to try and get an explanation. She wanted the Justice representatives to tell her what was being transported, what was now spreading through the lungs and arteries of her neighbors. But they lied. They said part of the train carried oil and another wheat. They were probably happy with our town disintegrating, because that would mean the trains wouldn't have to slow down on this part of the route anymore. Well, Paula made us all realize that they may have crashed that train full of poison on purpose. Why is the wreckage still there? Justice won't come to clean it up until we release the people that worked in the office across the street from here. And no one from the severed state is ready to get closer to that stuff. No one dares to leave. No one wants to leave.
Paula tried to go to the county, and then to the state, and then to the government, to try and get justice to stop pushing its trains full of poison right by our homes, right by our children and friends. No one would help her, because the country is being run by corporations. There was only one thing left to do. Paula decided to run for mayor, so she could declare our town a new state, severed from the rest of the country. A place where companies have no legal right to operate. Only humans do. <sighs> Isn't that beautiful? So, she seized total power. The people gave her complete power. And she stormed the justice office and had the conspirators hung from the trees. And now, she's isolating us from the rest of the country, so we won't have to suffer at the hands of corporations ever again, and... The woman stops talking mid-sentence does her weird hand gesture dance while the train passes by. Is that some kind of a prayer? She doesn't answer until finishing the entire sequence. As if something takes a hold of her. The rituals of the severed state are a secret to outsiders. But let's just say we're not wishing that train a safe journey as it passes by. Was there no mayor in place before Paula had people hanged? The sitting mayor, Paula's former boss, turned out to be a part of Justice, a secret lobbyist for the transportation sector. He tried to spread lies about Paula's child, about it being her own fault that the baby died. <laughs> Needless to say, he was brought to this park and hung. We kept him up here until his body decayed to the point where he fell through his noose back to the earth. Okay. I think I understand. Great. Paula would really appreciate it if you could talk to our people tomorrow. Why would I do that? In the severed state, people aren't part of the poisonous world that's ruled by corporations and their morally devoid interests. We have no TV, no radio, no internet, and we're not allowed to speak to outsiders. The one occasion we get to hear about the world out there is during Outsider Saturday, and tomorrow is Outsider Saturday. Um... I've had a very confusing week, so maybe I'm off, but isn't tomorrow Wednesday? Uh, in the severed state, there are no companies, so there's no work week. As long as Paula's in power, there are only weekends. Each day is either Saturday or Sunday, and tomorrow's Saturday. And we would love for you to talk to our people about the evils of corporate America. A guard from the outer gate told me you used to work for Best Burgers USA, but you quit. So you must understand what we're trying to do here? Help us remind the people of the evils that places like Justice Transport deals in. But I've never even heard of Justice. So why do you want me to tell everybody how bad they are? I thought you said you understood what I showed you. I don't want to perpetuate a lie that keeps a whole town prisoner. This isn't a prison. It's quite the opposite. That's why we would love for you to be part of Outsider Saturday. First, you'll talk about BBU and your hate towards that company. Then you will segue into the trains passing by here and how much you hate Justice Transport. You'll say that Paula is the bravest human you've ever met, and then you'll say the rest of America is basically coming apart. If you do this, we'll sell you supplies and you'll be on your way. She stops talking, but there's a natural second half to that threat. Starting with, and if you don't and ending with me wearing a pink elephant mask. It's like McCarthyism in reverse. You're either extremely vocal about absolutely opposing capitalism and everything that has anything to do with it, or you're evil and deserve the worst. No middle ground possible. 
I don't want to lie to these people. I don't want to help this crazy woman keep her throne built with guns and fear. But I also don't want to die. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The first time I ever considered leaving Corvat. I remember very, very vividly. I was six or seven years old, probably, and I was sitting in the back of my father's car. We were driving to the store, and I watched the desert pass by, stretched out. A whole world was right there, I suddenly realized. A world we never traveled. Nobody did. But I couldn't see anything that kept people here. No walls, no danger. I got this overwhelming feeling that there was so much more to life than this place. If I'd been older, I would have used the ocean as an analogy. 
I would have said we were skimming the surface of a deep ocean filled with life. And sitting in that car, I wanted to see the depths of the world. My dad parked the car at the mall. And when he turned his back on me to get a shopping cart, I started running. I don't know what the plan was, but I ran. I ran all the way around the strip and ended up in some alley full of dumpsters behind all the stores and restaurants. I stopped and just stood there, not sure what to do. Then I saw the boy with the big knife. He didn't even notice I was there. He was all by himself, playing the knife game. He was sitting on his knees, his left hand in front of him, palm down, fingers spread on the concrete. The blade was moving fast between the fingers. It started below his thumb and jabbed the street between his pinky and his ring finger, then back below the thumb and in between the next two fingers, up and down, up and down, back and forth, faster and faster. I just stood there, frozen, watching him, waiting for the moment the knife would go through his finger and split the end like a snake's forked tongue. But it didn't, and he kept speeding up. There was no one here to watch him, so he wasn't impressing anyone. There was nothing to gain, only risk. The knife kept going faster, and I couldn't understand how he kept track. But he did. It flew over the hand, never hitting any flesh. Until he saw me in the corner of his eye. I startled him. He lost focus, and the knife There's no screaming. The boy stares, frozen, at the knife sticking out of the side of his index finger. It didn't come down straight. It ricocheted against the concrete and drove itself into the flesh. The boy's fingernail came off completely, and the tip split open, three or four big thrusts of blood flowing onto the gray concrete. And then, beneath the blood, under the skin, something white appeared. The boy started screaming. I ran. I didn't understand at first what it was, what I'd seen. I ran back, back into town. While grabbing a hold of my father, I realized it was bone exposed from beneath the surface. I've been brought back to my motel room. I'm laying on the bed, staring at the ceiling. The lights from the parking lot shine right through the thin curtains, as if the moon is closing in on us. Oh, my body needs to sleep. Everything feels sore. <clears throat> My mind is foggy, but being in this place keeps me up. 
have to find a way out, even if it's without food or gas. I don't want to lie to these people about the rest of the country being in shambles. I can't. I'd only be adding bars to their prison. I've struggled enough after becoming part of the gardener's bizarre circle. I'm not getting involved with this Paula woman. I want to be more assertive. And apart from that, what if I get up there and do exactly what these people want? Won't they keep me here? I have no guarantees. I get up and peek through the curtains. Mm, there's people guarding the gate. I won't be driving out of here without them noticing me sneaking to my car. And they took the phone from my backpack, so I can't try to get someone to help me. Maybe I should try and... What the? The television just turned on. Out of nowhere. It's an old analog TV and it just switched on. The whole room is suddenly bathed in white light. And now... Paula appears on the screen. On her bizarre throne. Hello, my beautiful children of the Southern State. This is your mother, your liberator, updating you on tomorrow's events before ordering the nightly power cut and sending you into a beautiful sleep unpolluted by corporate greed. Don't forget, tomorrow is trash collection day. The big Justice Wheat train is passing by right on schedule. And like always, because of it having to wait for the tongue track resetting, it will drive by very slowly. You will be able to dump all of your trash into the carts and have justice help us keep the severed state clean. Okay, so maybe my car isn't the only way out of here. Maybe I can jump a train, continue to Naraka that way. Tomorrow we will also have an extra edition of Outsider Saturday. This week, we welcomed three guests into the severed state who came here with one purpose, to share their stories about life in the world outside. The world being overrun by corporate targets and soulless HR policies. We really hope we'll see you all in the main square, where the outsiders will share their truths. But for now, I just want to say, I love you. Sleep tight, and don't let the bed bugs bite. Everything goes dark. They cut the power to the entire town. They probably have their own little grid, run by generators or something like that. Whatever the reason, it's dark now. And that's a good thing if you're trying to get out. I grab my backpack, put my shoes on, carefully check the window. It's hard to see anything. There's barely a moon but it seems like nobody's on the lot. I slowly open the door and step outside. The night sounds different than in the desert, and it smells different as well. It smells damp and like coal, or what I imagine coal smells like. I'm gonna sneak past all the cars, jump the gate, and try to reach the tracks. Then, I'm jumping the first Justice Freight train to Naraka that comes by. 
I crouch walk towards the other cars. I'll use those for cover. Going somewhere, outsider? Somehow, a group of guards come up behind me. They must have been standing on the other side of the motel, so I wouldn't see them from my window. The biggest one grabs my backpack, drags me back to my room like a child. Like when the demon police dragged me to my room back in Galena. We thought you might try to get out. Most doubters do. But we always manage to convince them of our perspective in the end. He sits me down on the bed, and the lady from the tour walks in. None of them are wearing gas masks anymore. I'm not sure of the logic. Were you really going to make a run for it, Outsider? But I did tell you, right? About Outsider Saturday? I did give you all the talking points, I'm pretty sure, and made it very clear why it's important for us that you share your truth about the outside world. And I think I told you, I've never even heard of justice. I'm not going to lie to these people. I have no idea where that courage to defy her came from, but it's here, and it feels good. The guard isn't happy, though. He grabs the nightstand drags it across the old carpet towards where I'm sitting. Spread your fingers. He takes out a knife. Believe me, you're gonna want to spread your fingers. He grabs my hand and forces it palm down on the wooden stand. I spread my fingers. It makes me think of the painting in the cave with the five doors. It makes me think of the hand pointing at all choices at once. See this knife? I just sharpened it. Now see my hand? It trembles. It's not steady at all. He jams the knife into the wood, right below my thumb. I've been here before. In a way, this is how it all started. I think of the boy in the alley. I think of running away as a kid and seeing something disturbing. The fear of leaving home, being instilled because of some stupid coincidence because of subconsciously thinking that there's bone and blood beneath the surface. Do you know what the knife game is? Well, you'll find out right now. So I'm going to start off real slow, right? The knife lands in between my pinky and ring finger. They look ridiculously fragile on both sides of a blade. But I'm going to keep speeding up going faster and faster until I hit a finger. You are going to lose a finger tonight over a little speech. Ugh, what a waste. Stop, stop, stop. My mind starts racing. There must be a way out. There must be a way for me to leave here. All my fingers attached, my conscience clear. Having second thoughts? Yes, let's talk about this. Please. I have to get close to the tracks so I can run for a train. That's my way out of here. How do I get there? We will come back and play this game every night for 10 nights until there's nothing left for you to scratch your ass with but bloody bones. How do I get out of this room and towards the train tracks? Don't think about the boy in the alley. Don't think about the fingernail and the bone. Focus. How can you get to the tracks? I think your thumb will come off first, and tomorrow, your index finger. You have to show them the truth. Stop! I can prove Paula's lying. The knife stops. 
What did you say? I will prove to you that there was never any poison in that train. Corporate blasphemy. I pull my hand back. There's five dents in the wooden bedstand. Five possible ways things could have gone wrong. Like doors in a cave hovering over time. I swear. If I'm wrong, or I try to make a run for it, shoot me. I'm not getting into this with you. Mother would not allow it. Put your hand back on the stand. Wait, what do you mean, outsider? Let's go out there, to the wreckage, right now. And I'll prove to you that you're being lied to. How? Do you want to know the truth or not? The bridge between men and machine. What kind of chip? One that changes everything. The organic and the digital. His head, it's metal. The ability to record every human sense. Everything anyone could ever see or hear gets recorded. Any human being could be a spy. This chip will allow us to know everything, as will the people we sell it to. They'll see all the data. Don't you get it? There is no one that can stop us. The Rapscallion Agency, a new audio drama from the creators of the Leviathan Chronicles, follows two of its youngest characters, Lizette and Clurican, who move to Paris. Oh, so, Clurican is in Paris. Welcome to Paris. And find themselves entangled in a sinister plot to control the world's most sensitive information. I can take them out. I said there were three of them. Now there's two. We've got to get out of here. No one is going anywhere. Leviathan Audio presents The Rapscallion Agency, available November 1st. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.